Hi, this is Christopher Daniel Barnes, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and you're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. everyone and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today to talk about his uh, comic book that's running on Kickstarter until February 2nd, we welcome writer Frank Martin to the show. Frank, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me on. It is a pleasure. We're going to have some fun today. It's great to have you here, and uh, I'm excited with our retro topic today. Fictional or real-life explorers. We're just looking at explorers in general from throughout the pop culture. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. I don't think we've ever done any uh, in a topic like this in our retro. Have we, Jack or Randy? Anything similar? No, nothing even close. I don't, I don't I think recall. so. So an uh, interesting conversation awaits ahead. And then we're going to turn our attention over to Frank and talk more about Polar Paradox. But before we do any of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, go to CandairPodcast.com and hit that Patreon link there. And I got to tell you what, we've been putting some work into that Patreon page. There's a lot more stuff happening on there. It's all revamped, new prize tiers, the merchandise you can get, a whole bunch of new shows, not only the Candare Patreon pod, but special projects, radio theater projects, unreleased episodes. The sky's the limit, people. So check it out. Uh, Once again, our Patreon button there on our website, candarepodcast.com. And if you can't support us uh, via Patreon, then hey, there's uh, there's also a merch tab there. You can get yourself... A mug, a shirt, uh, anything you'd like. Uh, what am I forgetting, gentlemen? If you can't buy merchandise, go ahead and hop on and join Jack and I on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube every Tuesday night. You could potentially win some. Uh, we do a quick little game show uh, in any evening that allows uh, our audience participation. And yeah, hop on, join us, and you might get yourself some sweet, sweet merch. There you go, just for winning a game. And just find another podcast along with ours to listen to. There you go. There you go. It's win-win, people. Win, fucking win. All right. Can't get this stuff anywhere else. (laughs) That's the truth. That's the truth. (laughs) All right, everyone. Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Engage. I'll be back. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! All right. Shut up. Fictional and uh, real life explorers. Uh, Jack, why don't you show us how it's done? The best fictional explorer I can talk about, well, I can talk a little bit about, is great because they have the name explorer in their name. Dora. And that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got for Dora Explorer. I was just screwing around with that one. Indiana oh, you Jones, were, I was right. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Dora the Explorer. Did you see the the Dora movie, the live action one? No. I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. Well, that's the real question. Did you see <laughs> yeah. the trailer? I don't think any of us could say. But the trip from the trailer, it looked pretty cool. It looked like young Laura Croft. You know. It, oh, it I see kind that. of looked yeah. good, but just I Dora saw in herself joke. kind of turns me away. He looked a little badass. I mean, I got kids. Yeah. Sometimes I, I watch stuff like that. They didn't 
So may, maybe I'll just say, hey, kids, you want to watch a Dora Explorer movie? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Dora the Explorer I saw, uh, the trailer anyway, was I think it was like a joke trailer done with the uh, girl uh, Ariel Winter from uh, Modern Family. And there was like all kinds of like explosions and like Michael Bay shit going on in it. No, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured, but, you know, I was trying to save you there, Jack. But you know, go ahead. No, no, there really is one. I've seen. I've, I've watched the trailer just because I was kind of curious. Yeah, I've she's seen. She's probably the trailer, a lot so. older than what she's supposed to be in the cartoon, but I don't think they could really get someone that young to. Well, it, it, it looks like that. You know, from what they were coming from that kids show, and again, I've never seen the movie, nor do I know anything about Dora the Explorer. But it looks like a. Uh, a somewhat of a successful adaptation to you know the big screen. You see so many of these mm-hmm. kind of shows that uh, they try to put on the big screen and just don't work. Speaking of which, has anyone uh, seen the uh, the Tom and Jerry trailer that's, that's out? No, no, I, no, I I've heard it was there, but I, I haven't gone to actually look at it. I'm too worried. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> I love Tom and Jerry. I love Tom and Jerry. And when I saw that, uh, you know, a single bead of sweat ran down my brow. And after I watched it, I just went into a full-blown panic. I'm like, why do they do this? Why? It was actually just a tear, not a bead of sweat. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, who's the who's the girl who played uh, Hit Girl in uh, the Kick-Ass films? Chloe. Chloe. Yeah, I cannot remember her last name. She, um, Chloe Grace Moretz. Am I saying that right? That sounds right. You had just yeah. cut out. I couldn't hear what you'd said, but yeah, I think that is her name. And it, it's weird because it doesn't look like they're done in 3D. It's it's almost kind of like a more polished Roger Rabbit kind of thing. 2D animation. If I remember right, I was pretty drunk and it was late at night when I saw it. So <laughs> I, I could maybe it doesn't even really exist. I don't know, but. <laughs> I can imagine that thought process. Yeah, I'll watch this damn Tom and Jerry bullshit. <laughs> Tom and Jerry just always have me laugh. I love Tom and Jerry. And um, I don't know. I guess I'd never considered Space Jam to be a uh, a great film. And it seems like over the years, nostalgia has painted it bigger than it really is. But at the same time, you know, that I think that could be considered, you know, successful Looney Tunes movie. No, I, the ones that came after it were... Uh, much less. I think that was but... the last one, last successful one. Last successful one. It certainly wasn't the last right. one, but um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Dora the Explorer. I had a successful one there, huh? It looks like it. You yielded about five <laughs> minutes of conversation. That looks like a success to me. All right, uh, let's turn our attention over to Frank. Favorite uh, fictional or real life explorer? I don't know if this one counts, but when I think of exploring, uh, one movie comes to mind which is Stargate. So mm. I think, uh, who's the who's the doctor there? Dr. Daniel Jackson, who James yeah. Cater plays. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing more exploration-like than just walking into a wormhole that you have no idea where it goes to and just who's, seeing what's on the other side. Who's starting that again? I can't remember. Kurt uh, Russell. Kurt Russell. In the, Kurt in Russell, the movie James. or the show? The movie. I I never seen the show. I want you know what? I really want to because it's on Netflix. But every time I, I get to it, it says ten seasons. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was on. So for a intimidating, while. isn't it? <laughs> the show's really hard to get used to because the guy that Spader plays in the movie, you can't play James Spader in another movie. It's the same character. He he tries to a little bit, but it's a little bit it kind of takes you out of it because it's not him and you knew that character from the movie. Because it takes place like right after. Why am I seeing the dude who played uh, in Quantum Leap as in the Stargate TV show? Is that correct? 
No, MacGyver was uh, MacGyver. That's yeah. who it was. He was uh, Kurt Russell. That was uh, also about the same. There, I mean, he's got kind of an attitude like he did. Kurt Russell's character did. I mean, they play the same person, but it was still kind of it was a little, a, little, a little bit of adjustment, but it was still a good show. Hmm. The way that they brought history and like Greek gods and stuff of actually how that kind of came to be because a lot of the aliens were named Thor and all that, so it kind of kind of oh, plays really? into history a little bit. Yeah. So it was like the same thing they did for Egyptian mythology for the movie they did for everything else. Well, they it was it was mostly Egyptian, but they did have other ones like Norse gods and stuff like that because there was a couple of different alien races. One was kind of like if you know Star Trek, there was like a worm inside your body, which was a host. Yeah, I got I got screwed with 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 Farscape, and I got screwed with Battlestar Galactica on Netflix. I because I, I had never seen either, and I started watching them, and I got to like the last season with like four episodes left, and then they yanked it from the show. Mm, Stargate was so good too. At least so you I don't want to feel start- how the fans were when it was actually on air, and they just canceled Starsca- Stargate or Stars Farscape out of nowhere. <laughs> but then they brought it back for another season and finished it up. Yeah, I got lucky during um, the pandemic. I discovered that Farscape and Battlestar Galactica, I think, were both on Amazon Prime. So I'm like, this is a perfect time. I'm, I'm stuck at home. <laughs> I finished them. They were both good. Heck yeah, they were good. Yeah, I, w- I, th- I think I, w- I would like to kind of try that. But at the same time, if I saw 10 seasons, I'm guessing those are like hour-long episodes too, right? Yeah, and probably like 30 episodes in each season yeah, too. Yeah, so fuck back- no. <laughs> no. I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I'll go next. Uh, how about Scrooge McDuck? That's an explorer now. And yeah, I knew he'd be showing up. What I love about uh, Scrooge is just the brass balls that Duck has when it comes to a treasure or a, you know anything that he's after. It doesn't matter what stands between him and that goal. Like he just is always like brass balls like heading toward his objective and you know mummies and like it you know old demon not demonic but entities just all kinds of uh you know you know what i'm talking about you know the kind of shit from ducktales that they used to get into or the scrooge comics like mm-hmm. all kinds oh, yeah. of mythical kind of stuff but uh yeah when it come to that money scrooge was on yeah, track well, that's what that's what i love about him is because yeah he is he is very brave he, he doesn't take any shit but he doesn't do it from a place of warmth and kindness. He does it in a pure greed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's he's such an original character for that reason, too, because, you know, especially nowadays, all these characters have to have some underlying kind of good character if they're the show you're watching. And I guess, like, in the cartoon, you know, I, he, there were times, I guess, he would let the fortune slip to save Huey, Dewey, and Louie's annoying asses, but in the comics, he seemed uh, much more out for uh, out for himself, yeah. It's so weird that he came from a Christmas Carol too, pretty much. Be that much of a, I guess you can almost call him hero. Say what? Scrooge McDuck. You really didn't know him other than being in the Scrooge in the Christmas Carol, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Well, I guess like maybe our age range would. I mean, he, he Scrooge well, yeah. comics were like uh, the shit, you know, back in the day and for years. That's probably just yeah the first time I guess uh, our age range probably would have got a view of him before Ducktales, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I want to watch some DuckTales. All right. Let's go over to Randy. All right. So uh, for my first pick, I'm going to throw out the crew of the Sequest DSV 4600. Oh, boy. 
which barely is... remember that show. <laughs> Star Trek which... Underwater. Yeah, exactly. Star Trek Underwater. <laughs> so um, I don't know if you, uh, Jeremy and Frank are familiar with it, but uh, so it was a it was pretty much like Star Trek Underwater, but it was a series back in the early nineties, I think ninety three or ninety four. But uh, Roy Schneider was the captain. Jonathan Brandis was the uh, the teenage computer genius on board. But uh, the whole premise of the show was that. Uh, in the far off uh, year of 2018, uh, all the <laughs> all the landlubbers screwed up basically the world's supplies of raw materials. So they started colonizing under the sea. Basically, this crew of uh, Sequest was their sole responsibility was to basically maintain order through those colonies as well as search for re- search for resources up in the depths of the ocean it was was a pretty good show i think roy schneider was only on for one season and then they replaced him with michael ironside for the uh, subsequent two seasons yeah it was uh pretty much we've uh, depleted earth's resources (laughs) better live underwater now (laughs) (laughs) so yeah you either you got two options either get the hell off the planet or go underwater what was it called again sequest oh sequest yeah duh (laughs) <laughs> they had dolphins that were what was it like special harness or a helmet that you could understand and you could talk yeah to they could talk yep um sharks with freaking lasers on their heads <laughs> <laughs> i mean it literally was star trek underwater i mean you'd have one episode dealing with like an environmental issue and then a political issue the next episode and then you know, relationships between the crew members and i mean yeah it, it was like next generation in a bathtub I mean, they, they just transponded the name. I mean, let's just swap out star for C, and what's another word for Trek? Quest. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow, it's like the same marketing for, like, knockoff toys. Like, upright hero reptiles, or... It was Sequest DSV. What does the DSV stand for? Is that Deep Sea Vehicle? I think so. <laughs> Gonna get anything better than that? Big ass submarine. <laughs> BAS. Oh my god. That's, yeah, that's my pick. That's kind of sad. I never realized that. That is it's like so generic of a name. Wow. Well, it was Spielberg, a cool show for the time, though. Yeah, Spielberg was actually involved with it. At least on the, I think, the first season, maybe. Not making the title, apparently. <laughs> what was that was that on a friday night or something like that is that that's probably why i ended up falling off the wagon watching that just because i got older and had better things to do than i was cheering at the local football games kissing girls <laughs> well, back true, in the true. day friday night tv and saturday night tv were, was where it's at i remember saturday nights was uh was her, the hercules xena combo that they oh, had. Yeah. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and let's not forget walker texas ranger Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> right before Jag. <laughs> Jack knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yep. The Sopranos changed all that. They made they made Sunday night the night for TV. Yep. Oh. Okay. Well, thank you, Sopranos. All right, we are back to uh, Jack. It looks like my other one is Dipper Pines. He's basically an explorer. I don't know if anyone knows who he is. Nope. The name sounds really familiar. He's a 12-year-old boy. Him and his twin sister, Mabel, get sent every summer to their great uncle's uh, tourist attraction out in the 
the woods somewhere called the Mystery Shack, and they always have kind of crazy explorer shenanigans that happen. Sounds like all pedophile shenanigans. Uh, Meeting their uncle (laughs) in a shack in the woods? What the fuck? Yeah. Well, it's called the Mystery Shack. It's actually a tourist attraction because this woods like... It's called Gravity Falls is the name of the show. Okay. Oh, my son loves that show. That show is really good. I really like it. It is. It's kind of funny. I never watch it, but if he's watching it, I'll just kind of like glance at it when it's in the room. It does get pretty hilarious. It hmm. gets very dark too. When you see the the last season, when uh, what's his name, Bill, the the weird interdimensional pyramid guy with an eye, it gets really dark and creepy. It's kind of yeah. weird that it's for kids, but it's very good. Have to adjust them while they're young, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I always get that one confused. With, what's the one with the uh, the raccoon and the woodpecker, the or the blue jay? Oh, I don't know the name Adventure of that. Adventure Time. No, it's along that line, though. Same. Yeah, animation. yeah. I always get those two confused. The Gravity Falls and whatever that other one is. A woodpecker and a raccoon. Yeah. Blue Jay and raccoon. Blue Jay and a raccoon. Wow, boy, I have had my thumb off the pulse and straight up my ass. It would seem. I don't know what you're talking about. It's it's relatively new. I mean, it was late, maybe even early 2010s, wasn't it? That that was oh, out. That one was called Regular Show. That's what it was. (laughs) Okay, I've heard of Regular Show. I've I've, I've apparently never seen it, though. One of those noodle arm cartoons. (laughs) Noodle arm animation. (laughs) All right, very good. Uh, That brings us back around to Frank. All right, I got a a twofer. He's both fictional and real life. Cool. Mark. Marco Polo. And the reason I say fictional is because I love the Marco Polo Netflix show that had nothing to do with the real Marco Polo. <laughs> it was good shit, though. I love I loved that show. I was disappointed that they canceled it. But it's like they turned Marco Polo into, like, a sword fighter. And he's, <laughs> he's a badass. He's got archery. And he's getting trained by some, uh, like, daredevil guy that can't see, but he fights off 100 guys at a time. So, yeah, I, I dug that show. I love Marco Polo, the swimming pool game. I was waiting for that. (laughs) No, I wanted to see that show. You said it was on Netflix? It was on Netflix for two seasons. And it's it's very strange looking back on it now because um, the guy who plays Kublai Khan, um, or no, not Kublai Khan. Is that who it is? Angus Khan? No, I think it's Kublai Khan, yeah. Okay. It was... um, is the same guy who plays Juan in in the Doctor Strange movies? Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's super weird because he's a completely different character. He's got all these harems, and he's like, "Yeah, blow me!" So it's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like what, what are you doing? You know. It's like, wow. Then you watch Doctor Strange, and he's like, going out and getting sandwiches for him or something. <laughs> so he's cracking one-liners. I'm like, "You're not Kublai Khan. <laughs> <laughs> You're a phony." You're not cool at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about you, bro. Between Dora the Explorer and the Marco Polo pool game, are you regressing on us or what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who doesn't like Marco Polo? Let's play right that, now. Uh, the Geico commercial where they have Marco Polo in the He's pool. He's in the water. Yes. He's just like, I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> see, see, Marco. Marco Polo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> those commercials oh, were funny all right 
Uh, let's see. Uh, I guess the next one I would have would be how about that fateful, well, the cruise in the Alien movies. Oh yeah. They explored. They they ventured up their way. I don't even know where the what was the name of the planet. Uh shit. Uh, some uh, like letters and numbers. I don't think it had an actual name. Okay, it's been so long, but um, I just think of those guys having uh, gone all that way just to be a alien buffet. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's do the old Google and I'll find out what the name is. There you go. Now, the, the second Aliens movie was more of an action movie, though, right? Because they knew where they were going on that one. They just wanted to blow shit up. It was the same planet. Yeah. Was it? Okay. Okay. And Prometheus as well, obviously. My, my, um, my internet's not cooperating with me. Don't wait on my account. I'm, just, I'm actually just... looking, too. I'll just spout it out randomly whenever I find it. Jack, get your dictionary. Go. So it's a race. I give up. I'm gonna have myself on mute. LV four two six is the name of it. There you go. Nobody's listening to me, and then I realized I had my thing on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Over there having a full blown tantrum. (laughs) Jack's playing Marco Polo with himself over there. Yeah. (laughs) No one's playing with me. Why is nobody Uh saying Polo back? Oh, my Lord. All right. Uh, Randy, what you got, sir? Another kind of family I was thinking about when it comes to explorers was the uh, family, uh, what was their name? The Butlers from the Hanna-Barbera cartoon Valley of the Dinosaurs, exploring a uh, gorge one day, and they got sucked through time and got rescued by uh, Caveman and his family. You guys remember Valley of the Dinosaurs, don't you? No. No. Vaguely. The, I'm enough to remember this show because this looks like Seppi hey, Santa Barbera. It is Seppi's <laughs> Barbera, Jack. Thank you. But they also reran it on Cartoon Network. Ah. Mm. It so, makes me know, think. I did, of, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to give Jack shit about calling me too young. Yeah, go right ahead, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, literally, the dad on it looked literally like Jack Hanna, and yeah, then does. Cave. Man, dad looks like a white Bob Marley. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Makes me think of a show that I don't know if it was ever on TV. It was also Hanna Barbera. I mean, the concept's almost identical to what you said there, but it was all themed around Bible stories. Do you think it was called Hanna Barbera's Greatest Adventures Stories from the Bible or something like that? But oh, yeah, yeah. These three kids. Um, uh, a guy, a younger blonde girl, and then some annoying kid in a ball cap. He reminded me of uh, the the kid from Indiana Jones film. Data. Yeah, but you know, like they would get they they were in Egypt digging around, got sucked through some portal, and so you know, one episode is they're at the Daniel and the Lions Den story. Another mm-hmm. one they're at the yep. Noah's Ark, and you get to see it through their eyes firsthand. Just what happened. Yep, I I watched those too, Jeremy. I know right what you're talking about, but back in the days no, the when val- we were trying to instill Christian values into our home, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and ripping off decent comment uh, concepts, right? Well, if, as long as they're ripping themselves off, then whatever. Well, at least my show had cavemen and dinosaurs. True, much more appealing than the Bible. Much more appealing yes. than the Bible, and was available in the '90s. Yeah. <laughs> it almost reminds me of Land of the Lost, kind of, but well, that was yeah, a good old live action show. Concept. Oh, they weren't so a bunch of explorers. The Land of the Lost in the 90s when they redid it? 
No, I didn't even watch it. Didn't that have, like, some creepy guy in, like, a... Oh, shit. He almost looked like a troll doll. They had this baby dinosaur, like, upright walking thing that was with them all the time. I can't remember, but... It was kind of a fun show. They were, like, in this Jeep Cherokee and got sucked through time, and they were back in prehistoric ages, so, like, all the power and energy they had was coming off this one car battery, and they had to limit it, and you know what I mean? But, um... Yeah, yeah. Man, I wish I could remember what that ugly fucking thing was that always ran around with them. Maybe the original version's what you're talking about, but, yeah, they they redid the show in the 90s, and, uh... No, I... There was the baby dinosaur, but there was also, like, a, a midget Sasquatch that ran around with them, too. <laughs> you mean a little person Sasquatch? You know, we're responsible for naming these characters. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I gotta look this up. I'm looking it's it up. Stink, Stink is his name. Bright baby dinosaur thing, mini Sasquatch. Oh, <laughs> midget, midget Sasquatch. Okay. Midget. We were both right. Yeah, you're right. They were both there. There's a picture of them side by side the little hairy boy and the dinosaur. <laughs> that's all i got man this is taking me back though i remember a movie i can't remember the name but i played the the video game all the time it was about like kids and that they had a remote and there was a tv show about dinosaurs and they got sucked into the tv with the dinosaurs was that a real thing or did i dream that up oh that sounds really familiar it does sound yeah. familiar um because I can almost see them getting sucked into the TV now that I now that you mentioned that. And they had like a remote. There's like some super special remote, and they got oh god, what was this? And I played the video game all the time on Super Nintendo. It wasn't Captain N, was it? No, no. I'm, I'm just gonna Google random words and maybe it will pop up. TV. <laughs> yeah, it was like three or four kids, right? It's two. I think it was two, like an older sister and a brother. No, I'm looking myself I now. I'm also curious. Video. Yeah, no, that's bugging the crap out of me because I know what you're talking about. It's one of those things like, is this, is this a dream or what, did this show actually exist? I think it was a movie. Adventures in Dinosaur City? Yeah, that sounds familiar. It's on IMDb. It's a 90, 1991 release. Oh, you know, this does look familiar. It has like a T-Rex and like a Fonzie jacket on the front and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound familiar. Yeah. Long before there were turtles, the world was ruled by dinosaurs. Adventures in Dinosaur City. And there's a little uh, little Hitler dream of a child, blonde hair, blue eyes, doing a high five to a T-Rex in a Fonzie jacket who's backed up to a, looks like a Triceratops, who is also wearing some form of clothing, giving the thumbs up. And then, of course, you got the Dinosaurs TV show. Oh, oh. damn, the 90s was full of anthro-dinosaurs. Yeah. What was that? I don't know. I mean, dinosaurs are always cool. I just think they were just like this movie poster said, you know, they're not turtles. Everyone was trying to be the next popular reptile. But yeah, no, dinosaurs were really being pushed hard. Uh, you remember um, Denver, the last dinosaur? That was like a oh, like God, yes. cartoon about the very last dinosaur was here in our world. And somehow he played guitar. I think that motherfucker had a Fonzie jacket, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And sunglasses and a skateboard. Wow. Yeah. Then that full moon movie, Prehysteria, that was for kids where they had the dinosaur eggs and they hatched the little baby dinosaurs. Oh, it wasn't yeah. full moon, but it was like the kids. Dude, kid I forgot about moon. that movie. Holy yeah. shit. What wow. was the, it wasn't, it was full moon, but they had like kids, a uh, kids uh, brand of movies. And I forget what it was called. Yeah, I know what you're talking I can't remember that. But, uh, no idea. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's I still, a- my favorite anthem. 
anthropomorphic dinosaurs are still the dinosaurs. Yes. Dinosaurs. I don't hear any of them. That theme song rocks. Weren't there? Oh, some, yeah. Wasn't there something called Dino Riders too? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If, if there wasn't, then somebody should make it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dino Riders. They were just slaves carrying weapons for the the humans, pretty much. Dinosaurs were actually alien dinosaurs. It was the herbivores versus the carnivores, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And why the hell not? <laughs> Why not? Man, I've got a lot of research to do. I've never had an episode uh, have me reaching for my phone so much as this one. And I love that because <laughs> we learned something. There was a hairy child alongside the upright <laughs> And it's more like, apparently it's more like you relearned something because this was information you already had that you kind of now needed to confirm. <laughs> True. <laughs> but it wasn't until now that I realized, you know, I guess how the Fonzie really was the epitome of cool. I mean, if they're like dress that fucking dinosaur up like the Fonz and we've got some money in our pockets, boys. Wow. I think we know better though here at Candare, don't we? Oh yeah, absolutely. The Fonz ain't cool. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) A little inside jokes there, but anyway, let's uh, get right past it. Unless anyone else had any other um, contributions to explorers. Nope, I'm tapped nope. out. Yep. All right. Well, with that, let's turn our attention over to Frank and talk more about Polar Paradox. Frank, thanks so much for being here. I hope you're having a good time, man. I am, but now this is... Uh, I got tough shoes to fill. We just talked about dinosaurs for 30 minutes, so I don't... <laughs> Not just dinosaurs. Dinosaurs in leather jackets, my friend. Good luck. Riding <laughs> around doing ollies and kickflips and shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you do have some big shoes to fill. But so, right, let's talk about this book, man. Polar Paradox. It's on Kickstarter going till February 2nd. It looks like you've already uh, met your goal and then some. So, already huge congratulations to you, sir, for that. Um, So, can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, Polar Paradox? Sure. Polar Paradox is about um, a group of scientists off the coast of Antarctica that go missing. Uh, They're charting out some waters down there that nobody's ever been to before. This takes place in the near future. And then a bunch of rescue divers going after them. And uh, it's treacherous, full of gigantic sea creatures that they have to fight off and searching for these scientists. And um, it's no sea quest, but uh, I think it's... Get out of my head, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was just sitting here trying to think of a sea quest joke because I was like, man... You did such a better uh, job at the title than they did. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Well, you know, it's uh, I love I love like uh, getting uh, big mysteries, you know, like thousand year old mysteries underneath Antarctica. So that's where the the paradox side of the, the the title comes from, and we deal with that mainly in part two of this two part story. So part one is all about the adventure, about going underwater, and. Uh, facing the danger and then part two we get a little bit more story heavy with what's really going on i, I gotta say you sent us a copy of it and uh it, dude it looks awesome the story's yeah, engaging does. i mean poor greg but damn it's 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 a good book man thank you i appreciate that now when you were saying part one and part two uh are is are these going to be the only two parts of this story or is this just the beginning of what's to be an ongoing story my co-creator and i we originally set out to make uh, a two part story that's it but i have a habit of just like leaving things open 
You know, a lot of my readers, they read my work, and they're like, what happens next? And I'm like, eh, I'm not going to make another one. They go, what are you talking about? So <laughs> uh, at the end of part two, it, it has a conclusion, but it might not be 100% satisfying. So uh, Antonio, the co-creator, and I, we talked about making a second part two to, to kind of wrap things up, which we may or may not do depending on the success of uh, these two launches. So, so far this one's off to a good start and we'll wait to see what part two does uh, in the summertime, June, July, it should launch. So so how did this concept then come to be? Like, wh- what was the inspiration for this? What, was it Sequest? It was 100% Sequest. And... <laughs> Um, no, I, I've never seen Sequest. I never even heard of it before today. So, um, uh, <laughs> but where did this come from? So, I am a huge National Geographic guy. I have a subscription. I read it cover to cover every month, and this story pretty much came from something I read in there. It was the the, the story was pretty much the first half of the premise of this book, which is they had scientists off the coast of Antarctica. And they were going to cut a hole in the ice and go diving in a part of the sea that nobody had ever been to before. And they took pictures of these crazy sea life and these animals that evolved on these weird trajectories. And I thought this is perfect for a sci-fi setting. So I sent everything over to my uh, my artists and I said, what do you think of all this stuff? Just go nuts. And he came up with crazy designs for the animals, for the suits, for the submarine. And before we knew it, we got ourselves a story. It is such That's an awesome. in- interesting, um, I guess, scape to put a story in uh, because you're absolutely right. I've seen those same kind of shows. And I, I remember one in particular where they were just under I don't remember where they were um, exactly, but if not Antarctica, somewhere very like it. And they were under the ice and discovering, you know, new forms of like these this like micro like krill and shrimp that had never they never even knew existed. It's just cool. What can uh, exist out there uh, even to this day without our knowledge? You know what I mean? Yeah, one of the one of the images that really captured me, and you don't see it in in part one, but I, I feature it heavily in part two, is that uh, anemones, you know, those crazy little plant things that are actually animals. Yeah. And and there, so the pictures that they were taking down there was they were frozen in ice. Their their half of their bodies were frozen, yet the things were alive. You know, they were still living down there, eating, and they're. They're just half frozen. So I'm like, that's kind of crazy. I never would imagine that that could be possible. So, yeah, yeah they're tons. And it's it's weird seeing the pictures. And I think it's reflected heavily in the book and that a lot of these creatures are familiar, you know, sharks, jellyfish, crabs, squid. But they're they're different in a, a unique way. You know, they're just different enough that they evolved in this isolated portion of the, the sea that they're they're alien to us you know and i think there's a a moment in this book a lot of people come to maybe you would remember when when they're going down there and they kind of go into the cave and then it just opens up in this two-page spread and it seems like you're literally transported someplace that's off the earth when it's not it's it's our ocean and it's in you know the ocean is most of the world so how much we we don't know about in those deep depths right oh i got the i got the statistic off the top of my head five percent world of oceans is all we've explored so there's 95 percent down there that we have no clue what's going on it's crazy that is crazy for all we know that there's a civilization down there that we have to go on crazy quests driving back and forth between our dsv and going (laughs) i can't let this go i'm sorry i'm (laughs) (laughs) running for the rest of the show today's episode brought to you by Sequest. Yeah, we might just have to title it that, huh? 
like damn submersible submersible vehicles <laughs> so what are tell us about some of the other uh, creators on this book so uh antonio mastria is the old other co-creator he's the illustrator I met him a couple years ago. I was tabling at a local con here in New York, uh, showcasing some of my books, selling them off. And he wasn't tabling, but he was one walking the convention. And he said, oh, you're a writer. And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, I'm an artist. I, he graduated from the Joe Kubert School. And um, he, I, he said, do you want to see if we can work together? I said, sure. And I've had a lot of meetings like that where we exchange ideas, emails back and forth. And sometimes you don't hit it off. But uh, Antonio and I, I just asked him, what do you want to do? He said, I'm, I'm looking for some sci-fi stuff. So I sent him a couple pitches. He honed in on this one. And it kind of it was a very fluid working relationship. And I awesome. uh, had a blast. And I just actually finished lettering the final pages of part two today. So, um, yeah, the books, both, both books are completely done. That's awesome. And great incentive, uh, I always say, for Kickstarter backers. You know, you're not waiting for this. You're not funding it, you know, before Pencil has even hit the first page it's done it's it's waiting for you to just fund so mm-hmm. great incentive yeah, there I, I have a little ocd like that i mean i got tons of projects so i'm planning at least four launches this year maybe five but squeeze them together so i have books that are one after the no- another and i don't like to uh launch a campaign so my previous one has been finished so as soon as this campaign's over the next day i'm ordering the print books I get them, I ship them out, and I'm ready for the next go around. So I, yeah, I don't launch something at least ninety percent done, but um, this one is a hundred percent done. I'm just waiting on the to know the final order numbers before I uh, bang that credit card. That's awesome! awesome man. Nice. Congratulations again. That's that's really cool, man. So again, you know, we already said you have been funded, but the, you know, for people who want to get, you know, not only the book but maybe get some rewards from backing this project, what kind of rewards are you offering backers? Uh, there's a standard cover that Antonio did. It's actually a uh, two-page spread that he cut in half, which is a connecting cover for part one and two. So uh, I think it's really cool. It's like an ensemble piece with all the all the animals and all the characters. You kind of see what it looks like on the kickstarter page so that's available there's a a kickstarter exclusive uh, variant cover that you could grab there that's kind of the squid uh attacking the submarine which is awesome a lot of people are grabbing that uh i have print sets available with with all the characters i'm actually doing kickstarter does this in january they may do the special make 100 event which is they kind of promoting creators to make something just a hundred of it, you know, no more, just limited at a hundred. And I'm kind of, kind of jumping off that doing a, a mask, you know, a face mask. Yeah. And, and Antonio, uh, took one of the scrap designs for the helmet and I kind of repurposed it for the face mask. So you wear it and it looks like you're kind of, you got a scuba diving rebreather on, oh, that's which cool. is, yeah, it's cool looking too. It really looks like it has some depth on it. So it looks like you're actually wearing like a, a respirator it does, on it. Does. It's a little big. I wore it. I, I got like a kind of a, a prototype, a sample. I kind of ordered just to make sure what it looked like. And my one son says I look like a character from Fallout. My three-year-old says I look like Iron Man. So I guess you could wear it and be whatever you really want to be. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm from SeaQuest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wear it around a convention. What do you cosplaying? I'm a SeaQuest character. You know, <laughs> I'm scoring any TV shows for the win. <laughs> I have got to look this mask up. This got uh, past me when I was looking earlier. 
it's I think there's a picture at the bottom where I visualize all the all the reward tiers. There's kind of there's one on there. I think That's only good one. if it's a little bit bigger too, because some of those cloth ones out there they just don't fit. Yeah, I don't no, know it's... if I got a big face or what it is. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what else I got? Oh, I have uh, their commissions available. Antonio's uh, will draw original art piece and mail it to you. I like I get jealous of artists that they get to do this, so I always offer a. Um, I'll write a short story commission on all my campaigns that one or two people usually pick up, which is kind of cool. I kind of they tell me what they want me to write. And I write them a thousand word short story. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. So another thing I'm that. seeing on here is actually becoming a character. There's a tier where you can become yeah. a character. I I always offer that one too. Uh, I think I got my last campaign. I've only had one person pick it up, but it's yeah, it's kind of cool. You get your likeness. You send me over a picture, and you. Uh, and I'll draw you in. I'm always working on something, so I kind of just send it over to artists, and I said, kill this motherfucker, and they just put him in the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I like the way you set that up. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, though. I mean, these looking at all these uh, tier rewards is, you know, great incentive again. And I know I understand that sometimes people don't have uh, the ability to put together something like this, like so extravagant. But this is extravagant. This is fantastic. Everything, even at the lower tiers, you are definitely getting bang for your buck. But um, yeah, I mean, being drawn into anyone's comic—that's, I mean, as long as we've been doing this show, anytime anyone has that in their uh, in their rewards, I'm thinking like, do I got enough money for that? I want to be in a comic. I want to be in a comic. You know, <laughs> I've read enough of them. It's time I'm in one. In part two, there is a, a main character that I wanted to do maybe for the, the second launch in, in the summertime. There's a main character in like – not part two that's coming out, but the sequel, if we were to do it, mm -hmm. there's a character that I, I could possibly hypothetically have somebody likeness drawn in as like a main speaking character, which I want to offer. But Antonio hasn't committed to the, the second book yet. We don't even know if we're going to do it. So I think that would be kind of cool if I get him on board that we can we can offer that. You'll, somebody could be a main speaking role. Rather than, just, rather than just saying you'll be a character in a future book, I can like name it as the Polar Paradox sequel, which I think would be more enticing to people if they like the series. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Just looking over that, that the part one you sent us, you, you kind of created this whole world um, with your, your first book that you could almost kind of venture back to in maybe different time periods or something too. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I mean, you'll see in the in part two that the mystery of the paradox gets a little, it gets a little crazy and get a little wonky so I could have a lot of fun with it. Uh, awesome. I already got the second, the sequel kind of plotted out. It will take the, the trajectory of the plot would probably uh, kind of be the same as this one, whereas the first issue would be the exploring, the exploration, and the second issue would be more the mystery and plot-heavy. And I would – instead, it wouldn't be in Antarctica, though. It would be a different kind of locale, location, just continuing the story with the same characters. So gotcha. okay. if he wants to do it, uh, well, but time will tell. That's awesome, man. That is cool. I love your concept here, man. So uh, as far as reaching out to you, I've seen you on social media at Frank the Writer. I'm sure you're probably on Facebook. And obviously this Kickstarter, which we're going to link on our social media. But other than those places, is there anywhere we should be directing people to check you out? Uh, I'm Frank the Writer on everything. So okay. frankthewriter.com is my website. Uh, I have some I, – I, I'm, I'm an author. I write prose as well as comics. So I have some free short stories, some 
free comics on there. People are cheapskates and they just want to see what I'm all about. I have a mailing list. You can sign up. I send out two two emails like every month. Just got to keep in touch, let people know what I'm working on. That's kind of the best way to follow along with what I'm doing. But yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Frank DeRoy. I'm the same in all three. Awesome. Again, huge congratulations to you. You have an amazing book here. It's it's no wonder uh, that it's already been funded. So it's got to feel great. And in the future, you said you have many other uh, you know projects coming down the pike. Let us know. We'll get you back on and talk about them as well. Sure. Appreciate it. My next one is going to be April sometime, and that's like a uh, a cop murder mystery, you know, pulp detective story kind of. Oh, nice. Ooh, I can dig that. It's not under – well, I was going to try another Sequest joke, but I kind of petered out on it. So I'll let Sequest <laughs> go. <laughs> but, Frank, again, thank you, man. This has been so much fun to have you here. Uh, I hope we get you back here in the future, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Jack, what do we have on the website, sir? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, buy some merch, see some of our YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And if you'd like to watch Sequest DSV, you can find it on the Peacock app. <laughs> right next to Dora the Explorer. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> it's like he was in the listener's head because I'm sure they were sitting there going, Where can I watch Sequest? Where can I find it? Hey, and, and you know what? If you're watching Sequest, go ahead and look up Frank and get his book because it is a hell of a lot better than Sequest ever will be. Yeah, just turn off Sequest <laughs> and go back Polar Paradox, people. Trust us. Trust us. Have we led you astray thus far? Well, maybe we have. I, I, it's yet to be seen. But uh, until then, just follow us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And then once again, that Patreon page is, I, I know we were barking about it for about a year. Like, oh, we're going to redo it. We're going to redo it. It's actually been done. It has been done. Six tiers full of content, merchandise, merchandise that's exclusive to the Patreon. Yeah, you can go to our merch store and get a shirt or a mug, but... The only way to get the, the shirts and the mugs and the what else is on there? The hoodies, long sleeve shirts, face masks, all kinds of shit on there. Not shit. Can dare the face mask. <laughs> can dare the toilet paper. Can dare the bed sheets. But uh, yeah, just go to our website, candarepodcast.com. Click on that Patreon link. Or, you know, you can just Google Can Dare Podcast Patreon. I'm sure it'll come up that way too. And uh, gentlemen, what am I forgetting? If you're sitting around bored on a Tuesday night, check out Jack and I make total jackasses of ourselves playing Jackbox. Ooh, Jack and Randy make themselves jackasses on Jackbox. Lots of jacks. Wow. Boom. (laughs) All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. I'm Frank Martin. Thank you so much for listening and always remember to be excellent to each other. could break. Whoops. Help. Quickly walk back to the edge. 
stop, you'll break through the ice. Snow job! Grab this branch. You should have been listening to canned air. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Snow job, how'd you get your name? Um. G.I. Joe! And if uh, you can't uh, buy merchandise for us either, or for yourself, Pal, let's turn that over. That was smooth as shit, Randy. Well, you know. It's been, what, two weeks? Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) And if you can't get merchandise... This has been a Canned Air production. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right.